Welcome to Advancing PM&R, a podcast from the American Academy of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, hosted by Dr. Michelle Gittler and Dr. Prakash Jayabalan. Hello and welcome everyone to the Advancing PM&R podcast from the APM&R. Really excited to be here with Michelle again in person. How are you doing, Michelle? Prakash, I'm doing great. I'm again so happy to be actually next to you <laughs> makes me smile and i'm thrilled that we're together with alpha anders who you took time out of your busy having fun in new orleans <laughs> to sit with us today and uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit better and so will the rest of our listeners yeah, we're really excited to have Dr. Alpha Anders as our interview today. And so Dr. Alpha Anders did his undergraduate at Pomona College with his degree in molecular biology. And then he went to UCSD Medical School in San Diego. And then he's currently a resident at LSU right here in New Orleans. Hopefully my accent did justice there. I apologize if I didn't to anyone from New Orleans. But he's also amazingly the House Staff Association president here at LSU. And we've very, very happy that he matched into back in San Diego at UCSD for pain medicine. Congratulations, Dr. Anders. Thank you so much. And also thank you for having me. Prakash, Michelle, it goes against every bone in my body to call you that, but I'm so <laughs> excited to be here with such incredible physicians in my field. Oh, yeah, we're well. excited. And the main reason we want to talk to Dr. Anders today is because he is the FIT Council President. So that's the Physiatrist and Training Council Board President means a lot to me because that's how I got my first start in advocacy was being on the FIT Council and it's amazing to see how far it's grown and having leaders like you lead the way for our residents is amazing as well. But with that, I'll hand it over to Michelle because I know she has some questions for you. Yeah, my first question is why you didn't come to Chicago. Oh, yeah. Um, so Just giving you a hard time. It's the know. cold weather and New Orleans, it's that, that right by the ocean thing that I was looking for. Those lakes were great, though. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, I have always, since I first saw your CV, admired your bend toward advocacy, toward engaging others, to educating others, and you're carrying that into the FIT Council. So we're curious to hear a little bit about your journey, about what you think you can really do in a year and what you see yourself moving on and doing. My experience with FIT started two years ago. I was on the Medical Education Committee and that committee jumped out to me. I spent five years in the classroom, predominantly teaching middle school out in South Los Angeles. And I love teaching and I love content creation. I really have a good time when it comes to seeing what your imagination can develop and then creating something out of that. So the medical education committee was the right fit for me. And I was so grateful and uh, appreciative to have the opportunity to uh, be selected. So the year was awesome. I think the best way to describe the experience is like if an MBA and an MPH just came together and had this unique experience where you're in this thesis experience with, with doctors that are titans in the field that are so incredibly smart and authentic and you make an annual assembly come true, like that is a thesis. And so I got to, to peek behind the curtains and see exactly what goes into bringing something like this together and I was hooked. 
and was able to uh, win an election to become vice president the next year. And vice president year was a lot of fun. I missed Mech, I'll be honest, but oh, yeah. playing that supportive role with the rest of the FIT Council and working to bring a lot of our sessions for this assembly together has been a really good experience. And I'm so excited for the president year. It's gonna be similar with uh, supporting the board members, council members, but I am so excited to hang out with the Board of Governors. And <laughs> yeah. I think that that's gonna replace that mech thing that I was missing last year, that, that group of people coming together, making mountains move. Well, what happens with the Board of Governors obviously stays with the Board <laughs> of Governors <laughs> here and anywhere else. Um, you've been involved, we can see those of you who aren't here can't see the smile on your face and the, you know just the light as you talk about your engagement and as you're moving into your fit role you know not every resident can be on the fit board so how are you going to set the stage for creating that energy that that dedication and you know that interest in the academy and in our specialty Absolutely. So I think one of the initiatives I've been really working on for the past two years has been that ambassador role where mm -hmm. residents of different programs could serve as liaison. And our goal is for true, authentic, two-way communication, not just from AAP Minar and the Fit Council to ambassadors to relay to their programs, but also for ambassadors to bring information from their programs to the Fit Council. And having that flow of information, I think, is a great way to get residents engaged, not just the ambassador themselves, but the other members of their program. So we're trying to build that out. This last year, we unrolled this really cool point system. I wish I came up with the idea, but the more that the ambassador does to engage with the Fit Council, they go up the leaderboards. And as a player of video games, <laughs> I know that the leaderboards <laughs> are addicting. So I'm really excited about that. We have opportunities for residents to contribute their ideas and thoughts via the newsletter. Uh, we are able to bring in residents that are ambassadors or ambassadors give this information opportunity to their co-residents to, to help lead sessions at the annual assembly. So this education opportunity exists for residents and we just are hoping that they come and find us and we, we get to get together and make magic happen. That's incredible and, and really exciting to hear all the stuff that your council is going to be doing for the residents and for our field as well, because you guys are the future. And I think it's really, really important that you set the tone for a lot of what's to come in the future as well. So that's super exciting. Now, one thing that we, we both know, Michelle and I, from looking, looking at your CV and your background, advocacy is something that's very personal, and very important to you. In, Michelle mentioned to me that you worked in Teach America. Why is advocacy such a passion of yours? So advocacy, it's it's agency. I think that I have been very fortunate to have a lot of agency and it comes from you know privilege. My dad's a doctor and he's given me every opportunity to succeed. And I want to be able to use my agency and advocate for others and hopefully help people develop their own agency. And unfortunately, the reality of our world is that some people don't have that agency. So I view advocacy in that, in that lens and I want everybody to have a seat at the table. I want the table to grow. I want the table to get a little bit louder. I think that there's there's so much that comes from bringing in everybody to the conversation and the conversation becomes much better. Yeah, the Tower of Babel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, sometimes you, you need to pause so you can hear all those other voices, but I think that's what's so wonderful when we look at the residents that are coming in, the, the, you know, the young leadership, the, the young vision of understanding that 
It is important that people contribute who before maybe didn't have opportunity to sit at the table. And I love the analogy of just making a bigger table. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really think that there's room for everybody. And I think that's in the DNA of PM&R. We are advocates for ability. We want to be able to maximize function. And, And our goal is to make everybody's quality of life better. And I think that not just applies to our patients, but also our residents, our physiatrists out in the field. I think we have the opportunity to improve not just our patients' quality of life, but also us as doctors. From your mouth to God's ear. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I also want to ask you, just now you're a leader in the AAPMNR, and you got this leadership role because of all the wonderful things you're doing, but also you did some element of networking. And when you come to the annual assembly, networking is something that residents, medical students often ask. How do I be an effective networker? And networking used to be probably a a dirty word. It used to be like, I'm trying to network with you to get something from you to further my own career. And that's probably not the case. So tell me about your experience in networking and how you did it so successfully. So I kind of want to, in the conversation of networking, talk about something that I saw that like blew my mind and this trickle effect that's playing out today. So Dr. Roy, he was at one point our fellowship director and he is now the chief of staff at the VA in New Orleans and he's incredible. And so when he was a resident, was on the resident physician council, Fitz Roots, and he was on the council with Dr. Furman. And Dr. Furman wrote the textbook on interventional spine and pain. And so I didn't have any idea of this. I just was told as a intern by that textbook. (laughs) And so our second year, Dr. Furman comes and lectures to our program and this really awesome Grand Rounds experience. And Dr. Roig and Dr. Furman fondly reminisce on their time in the RPC together. And it's just coming full circle. And now fast forward to my experience on FIT. And Heidi, the president on my first year, ended up doing a fellowship with Dr. Furman. And now she is in my circle and I'm so excited to see where things go. So I think this idea of networking, a lot of people are like, how do I get to know attendings? I think we wanna get to know people on every plane. I wanna get to know attendings, I wanna get to know other residents, early career people, because the circle is small. And once you are in the circle, it turns more into a family and we just had some last minute changes and we're scrambling to make a boot camp work and Heidi's sending me contacts and her contacts are absolutely I'm in. And all of a sudden we have too many faculty. And I think that that is, (laughs) that is what networking is about is, is making those strong friendships that then, you know, that friend knows a friend, that friend knows a friend and they're able to come and uh, help out in a pinch. Yeah. That's a wonderful, wonderful way to describe it. You're making me excited. I need to go down to the exhibit yeah. hall right now and meet a load of people. So I really appreciate it. And I think that that's, that was my experience. I was on the RPC in the old days. I'm showing my age now, so I apologize. But I think that you're absolutely, you're absolutely right that those, those friendships that you create are really, really important. And I'm sure you'll continue to blossom those in the future. The friendships that you create are long lasting and across the country. And you know, you then meet someone. So I had somebody stop by a booth last night and I look at this person, I'm like, dang, she's, she just looks familiar. It's the daughter of, <laughs> of somebody I trained with. And you know, and then her friends come by and we start talking. And 
Um, I, I agree that it's not just who I'm friends with now and who's in my circle now, but we want to create these not just multi-generational, but cross-state and cross-cultural and cross-institutional relationships because that stuff binds us. Uh, and that's what I think we are all trying to do with rehabilitation is not differentiate you as a spine doctor, me as an inpatient doctor, Prakash here as a research dude, but what pulls us all together, you know, as you were discussing, and this is the desire to get engaged in people's lives and advocate for improving them. Absolutely. I think that this is the fun part of what we do, and I'm so happy, feel very grateful to be here. We're so excited to have you on our podcast today, I can't tell you. And the other part that I also wanted to ask you is you just went through a fellowship match process, very stressful. And I'm sure Michelle can speak to it from the other side as a program director as well. But can you speak to that process a bit and what it looked like and how it went? Yeah, so I uh, just lived it. It was pretty engrossing. My, I was living, breathing it, the anxiety, you take your whole entire life and you write it down on a piece of paper and then try to summarize it in a personal statement. And then you ship it out and you hope it's received. The other thing about the pain fellowship process is it's, it's long. I submitted my application December. I found out where I'm going in September. So we're dealing with eight months of anxiety and as somebody that's sometimes a little type A, it's there. <laughs> and so the process was a lot of fun. I think same thing with the PM&R process, getting to interview and learn about all the cool things taking place across the country, meeting people on interviews, that networking piece, Dr. Gil Michelle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we once met once upon a time and I'm really glad that we're reconnecting and we're able to, to have our circle grow closer. And I think that this uh, pain application process has been a similar experience. Attendings that I work with know attendings that I interviewed with and some of them told me stories that I don't think they should have, but it's been so much fun and I'm so happy to be going back to San Diego. UC San Diego has an incredible product and I know firsthand and I think that it's gonna make me the best pain doctor I can be. I'm really excited. We're excited to uh, you know keep you in the fold. Before we close, is there anything that we should know about you or maybe shouldn't know? Uh, <laughs> who knows who's listening? You know, that you want to tell us about yourself to round it out, round out the picture. The thing that I wanted to talk about that I didn't get a chance to touch on is just gratitude. I think it's been threaded out throughout the uh, entire day, but I am very, very thankful for my parents, for all the opportunities. I want to shout out my wife. She for both the residency and fellowship match signed up to move across the country and you know had some say but at the end of the day we were uh, subject to an algorithm and I want to thank my program uh, LSU has given me the latitude to engage with fit use my educational leave in the way that I need to to be able to go to all the meetings and be a very uh, active contributor and I want to thank AAP Menar for giving me this opportunity, my fit council for being incredibly awesome and great friends. And I am just so grateful to be here. This is a dream come true. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time when we know you could have been out there mingling with the crowds. <laughs> And we look forward to seeing all the great things you're going to do. But thank you again for spending time with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Alpha. Yeah. Thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, we had a wonderful time today on Advancing PM&R Podcasts. We look forward to further conversations. Lovely to see you as well, Michelle. Prakash, it's a joy. And look forward to the next time. 